You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. yourself you're on the run with remzo w martinez i was going ahead and actually sitting down with my dad the other day and i've noticed that my dad and i primarily over the past year because of you know being stuck at home and teleworking together and stuff um we've been watching a lot more actual tv together usually it was everyone kind of gets the tv and watch their own stuff but my father and i are actually watching a lot of the same shows we watch a lot of documentaries together that seems to be our thing and then with, like, my brother, we watch uh, movies together. And then with, like, my mom, I, I watch uh, reality TV sh- shows with her. So what I've noticed is that everyone kind of has a shift in terms of what they've been watching. With my brother, it hasn't really changed. We watch a lot of the same superhero movies together. Like, we woke up at the exact same time to watch uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League when that came out uh, a few months back. And with my mom, we've been watching a lot less TV because she watches a, a lot of the news and I, I can't watch it. Like, I've, I've been really, really happy. I've noticed that about myself. I've been extremely happy since I really stopped watching cable news. I still know what's going on, especially since I started uh, working again recently, uh, full-time. But, like, you, you just if you can't avoid it, just avoid it. it. It does nothing good for your life. I don't feel like I'm any more or less informed uh, because, you know, I, I was watching cable news and now since i've really just kind of stopped entirely um i feel that i'm still pretty pretty good like i still read a lot of articles i listen to stuff of course people tell me things i know what's going on um with that said though like i've I've been trying to avoid politics in the media i'm consuming primarily entertainment uh for those of you that are second print comics fans you know that i get really mad when a lot of uh, woke politics gets shoved into my superhero movies. I can't stand that shit. So I've been trying to find stuff that is as far, far, far away from political and primarily left-wing spew as much as I possibly could. And as I was watching, um, you know, some TV with my dad the other day, we started watching a documentary called Dirtbag. It's about, uh, I think his name was Fred Mackey or Fred Mankey. Either way, I think it's Fred Mankey. Either way, this was the guy that made freestyle rock climbing popular. And uh, we watched that. And, you know, to kind of give you some context, a lot of my podcast feed now is travel type stuff. I know this is the world's laziest travel podcast. But I've been actually listening to a lot of travel stuff recently, primarily just because it's it's very, like, it's as far away from politics as it gets. Are some of the shows I listen to completely devoid of it? No. What I find in the circle is that you've got a lot of uh, liberal environmentalists. You've got a lot of that going on. You've got some SJWs, but... 
by far, it's primarily the most as devoid as I could possibly get these days. So we're talking, and I, I noticed that my dad actually watched the entire documentary, and this was not a documentary he typically would have watched, but what we both agreed was that it was nice to see something that was as political-free as possible. And this was a, a recent documentary. I want to say like uh, four or five years it came out, so you know it, it is what it is, but that's what I've been trying to pay attention to. So it's not just... It's it's not just that. It's also the stuff I'm reading. Um, when I was at the Washington Times, I was reading the opinion section from the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Examiner, uh, the New York Times. I, I was reading it all the time. And what I realized was that I did it, but I didn't enjoy it. What I find myself enjoying now are a lot of self-development articles, a lot of commentary on how to you know, get better physically, how to get better spiritually, mentally, a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show. And one of the articles I found recently was over at Huckberry.com. You might know Huckberry as kind of like a male outfitters online store. Well, they actually have a blog section called The Journal. I'm going to go ahead and link to this article, but the journal isn't just an opportunity for them to blog a bit about original content, but then just go ahead and plug a lot of their uh, merchandise and items, such as what other businesses do when they have a blog usually. I mean, that that is the purpose of attaching a blog to your business. It's to create a story around certain merchandise so you feel more attached to it and therefore more likely to buy it. But sometimes they actually go ahead and just do good original content, and and this is one of the pieces I really liked uh, recently, and I shared it around with people, and I hope they liked it too. It is called, We're Giving You Permission to Nap. Splitting up your sleep might be the trick to unlocking creative genius. I'm going to do what I always do when I go ahead and read and comment on an article. You can go ahead and find the article in today's show notes. Speaking of which, I'll just go ahead and give this one plug. I am moving to Wisconsin uh, at the end of May. I am also getting married. Thank you for everyone who sent their congratulations. Uh, I don't put ads on this show. I, I do plan on putting some ads on in the near future, but right now for all the hundreds of episodes we've done of On The Run, the only way I make money is if you go ahead and check out the affiliate links. And all the affiliate links that you see in the show notes are things that I've actually like, you know, bought and used myself. And what I'm primarily talking about is Cash App. I use Cash App every day. I save hundreds of dollars a year by using Cash App. And what that allows me to do is get uh, discounts and boosts from places I go to regularly. Uh, Chick-fil-A is one of them. I usually get like 10 to 15% back on a single purchase of Chick-fil-A. Recently, what they started doing, and I love this, um, I started getting back into Bitcoin. But here's the, here's what I'm doing, and it's just me. I don't buy Bitcoin. What they have is you can get 10 to 15% off. I'm sorry, you can get 10 to 15% of your total purchase on like any coffee shop or any restaurant, depends on the perk. Um, you can get that 10 to 15% back in Bitcoin. So you can earn you know, up to, I think about $7 and 15 cents, depending on how much the total bill was, but I've been getting Bitcoin cash back basically. And it's freaking awesome. Uh, one perk was, you know, get 15% uh, back in Bitcoin when you go buy something from any coffee shop. And then recently I went out and bought a really big, nice dinner with my fiance. Uh, we got 10% back and it was a big bill. So I got the max of 750 back in Bitcoin. I freaking love it. 
uh, Dosh, some of the others. What I'm trying to say is everything I use here, everything I talk about in the show is an affiliate link. So if you have, if you've wanted to check out these items, most of the time you can get, uh, rewards for signing up. You can get $5, uh, free just by signing up for cash app. If you go ahead and sign up for Robinhood or any of the others, you go ahead and get stock, you know, free just for signing up and it helps me get something in return. So please, if you want to help me out, there's probably an affiliate for you that you never knew about, or you've been curious about, and you want to know if somebody actually uses it. I use all of the affiliates in the show notes. So please go ahead and sign up for that. I would greatly appreciate it. Last pitch. I rarely do these pitches. I almost never do these pitches, but I'm doing it today. Anyway, back to the journal at Huckberry. We're giving you permission to nap Splitting up your sleep might just be the trick to unlocking creative genius. And the whole thing just froze for a second. Nope, here we are. And this was by Emma Givens, published April 2nd, 2021. I'm rubbing sleepies out of my eyes as I write this. On my, wait, I'm rubbing sleepies out of my eyes as I write this. Is that like a cute way of saying like I'm rubbing my eyes to get rid of the sleepiness? Or is it like the eye crust that people get? I get a lot of that in the morning. I don't know what that is. Maybe you know, maybe I don't. That just caught my eye. If there's something that people know about, but I don't know about it, I'm, I'm going to feel really, really foolish. Anyway, on my third cup of coffee, uh, according to the Sleep Foundation, 35.2% of all adults in the U.S. report sleeping on average for less than seven hours per night. Almost half of all Americans say they feel sleepy during the day between three and seven hours, uh, three, three and seven days per week. Sleep deprivation is real and bad. Some may say really bad. Uh, not getting enough sleep has been linked to health issues like dementia, diabetes, obesity, and other cognitive disorders. Uh, before going any further, I have, uh, and I've, maybe mentioned this, uh, before, but, um, I had, and still do it to a degree, have pretty severe insomnia, uh, for a while until I got some medication to resolve a couple health issues that I've, I've been dealing with, such as chronic pain. I was getting probably, uh, I want to say two to five hours of sleep a night. Um, and it was it was absolutely miserable. Anyone that's had to go through any type of sleep deprivation, uh, you know, every, everyone I know in in the army has had s- severe sleep deprivation, even to a degree uh, moderate to severe insomnia. Uh, it, it's a real issue. And honestly, like when I got on this medication, um, it helped me get my sleep back. The only problem was after about a year, I had to stop taking it as regularly because I was getting sleep, but because it was a uh, medication for chronic migraines and it it did a couple other things. Um, you know, I, I would wake up and usually when you wake up, you're supposed to go ahead and have like, you know, a burst of energy, you know, you feel fresh and awake. I wasn't getting that. Now, was it as bad as insomnia? No, insomnia really affected my mood. So I would wake up with no energy and I would be incredibly mood. I would wake up and I would still be in a pretty good mood, but I would have no energy from the day. So now I'm, I'm taking it kind of semi-regularly and I'm able to get on average, I want to say seven hours of sleep a night on the weekend. I'm allowing myself to sleep in more, but what I've done is I've also gotten myself on a schedule. I usually wake up around six 30. Now I'm going to sleep way, 
way earlier than I used to. Um, when I was writing my first and second books, I mean, those, those really screwed up my sleep schedule. I was basically sleeping during the day and working when I, when I could, and I was working all night, uh, through the early morning. So, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like with a crowd of adults, I have to say this is a surprise, but if you ever think that, you know, you're, you're going through something physically or emotionally and you don't know what it is. One of the first areas that I check is one, am I sleeping? And second, like, am I drinking water? Cause now I'm an adult and I actually have to make sure I'm drinking enough water, but sleep is like the biggest thing, especially in my life. Ever since I started getting my sleep on schedule and now since I'm kind of tapering off that medication. So I only take it when I really feel like I need to, um, getting more sleep has worked absolute wonders. I also napped during the week. I don't nap daily, but, um, you know, now since I'm, I'm working remotely again, everything I try and nap. I also know that if I am in like a real sour mood or something, even if I've had enough sleep, like a 30 to 45 minute nap usually does the trick. So, you know, sleep is important. If you're learning that now, well, now you know. Maybe you don't have time to get eight or more hours at once, or maybe your body simply doesn't like to sleep that way. Segmenting your sleep into multiple smaller chunks has been around for ages. In Spanish culture, they take their, quote, afternoon naps very seriously. I think they call that siesta. They take a mandatory siesta. Um, You'll walk around Barcelona in the afternoon and see only a ghost town. Everyone has shut down for their siesta, and for good reason. Maybe you should try it, too. Here are four reasons to give yourself permission to nap. Uh, one, get in touch with your ancestors. That's kind of random, but okay. A. Roger Eckert, a professor of history at Virginia Tech, go Virginia, uh, go Hokies, found that this is used to be a regular that this used to be a regular way of sleeping. Yep, you read that right. Sleeping in two chunks instead of one has been around since the beginning of time. I think by two chunks they mean like sleep, sleep, and then like a nap. Huh. Yeah, I think that's what they mean. People would sleep in the early evening for about four hours, wake up and hang around for two, often using this time for creativity, then go back to sleep for another four. The cycle was called first and second sleep. I think that's kind of what I do. Think of it now. I mean, I'll do it daily, but I kind of do it like once or twice during the week, primarily on like Mondays and Wednesdays. That's when I usually have to take a nap. Uh, Not for not for two hours, though. I think if I'm napping more than an hour, I don't like that. That kind of screws up my day. Uh, Eckrich says that the Industrial Revolution led to parents changing their sleeping patterns to better coincide with working hours. This popularized the now unanimous nighttime sleep schedule that most of us have grown up with. I could see that. I mean, I, I don't. I, I've I've never I, I've never liked the idea of napping too much, but you know, regular nap seems fine. Uh, if they say this is how you sleep in prime, then I'll say, you know, I, I'd like to meet the person that has the time to go ahead and take two hours in the middle of the day to sleep. Uh, you know, I couldn't do that. Like, you know, when I was working at a warehouse, I got, I got 30 minute lunch break, man. Got 30 minute lunch break. You think I got time for a two hour nap? This might be prime, but I don't think it's practical, but to, to, to the point it's because of how we work now. 
So I could, I could definitely, you know, see why if you have that opportunity, if let's say you're somebody who's financially independent or something, you could do that. But, uh, yeah, while it might make sense, I, you know, it's definitely not practical and they even admit it's because of how we work now. So they recommend it. Try four hours of sleep, two hours awake and four hours of sleep or two hours and four hours. It's, I, I, I don't, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't like the math there. But whatever, that seems to be like a bourgeois benefit, I guess. Uh, Second, you'll be more creative. Why do so many of us feel like the middle of the night is the best time to create? Oh, because it might be. Pause. I can definitely say that when it comes to podcasting and stuff, because I do a bunch of these recordings in chunks, I'm only really able to think the clearest at night, like usually after 6, 7 p.m. Right now it's... It's around 840. Uh, It's going to be like a short episode because it's just me reading an article. I'll probably do this until probably like 11, 1130 at the latest. And I'm going to force myself to go to sleep. Um, You know, also my books, like I I wrote all my books probably from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Do I recommend it? No. Every author, every creative type person has their own rhythm. That's just how it was for mine. But I totally agree with this on the uh, you know, I, I, on the beginning, I'm totally way more creative at night. And obviously, science somehow proves it. Let's go ahead and figure out why. These liminal, L-I-M-I-N-A-L, liminal spaces we reach, quiet, dark, full of solitude, that describes me right now, I'm in an empty room talking to myself, have been helping us create since the dawn of time. This time was considered sacred in the 16th century. French doctors advise people that this time in between first and second sleep, ah, that first and second sleep thing again, uh, would increase the chance of successful conception. There's a joke in that, but I'm I'm not going to say it. From Leonardo da Vinci to Nikola Tesla, many geniuses throughout history have used a nonlinear sleep schedule to keep them at the top of their game. Hell, one of the earliest mentions of sleep being referenced as two distinctly separate parts was Don Quixote... Don Quixote? Really? The guy who chased windmills? What was it in there? It's been a while since I read that book. Uh, Siesta, anyone? They finish off that sentence. So here's what they say. Uh, For this method, sleep two hours, be awake two hours, and then sleep four to six hours. Okay. Um, You'll sleep like a baby, literally. Part three, you'll sleep like a baby, literally. Babies follow polyphasic sleep, a.k.a. sleeping in segmented chunks of more than two. Why not just say they, they, they sleep in chunks? This author's trying to make you think they're smart. No, I think they're kind of smart. Uh, the more sporadic these segments are, the worse this approach gets for you. If you're, if, you're into this ty- if you're into trying this approach, make sure some of the segments are at least 1.5 hours long so you can get some REM sleep. I can't do that, man. Like, I, I can't do that. If I nap for more than an hour, like, I'm not getting back to work. I, I can't do that. So for this recommendation, it's 1.5 hours of sleep, to two to three hours of sleep, three to six hours of sleep. This method will allow more variance in your wake times. This doesn't make sense. Like, when do you wake up? When are you awake? 
where they how how do you who has the schedule to accommodate that that's my problem with all of this and you know like I I skimmed this before and this is really the first time I'm like really reading it a lot of this doesn't make sense like who has the time to do this like we've got a friend of the show Anthony Meyer he's a truck he's a professional trucker when does that guy get to sleep Anthony tell me when do you get to sleep man like I don't, I don't get who who gets to do this especially people that work multiple shifts. Um, yeah, I don't think I brought this up on the show before, but for the last month, I, you know, I got, I got a side gig working at a warehouse for a nutrition company. And I had a guy who was literally working, literally working 16 hours a day, 16 hours a day, four days a week. And then I think he worked uh, 48 hours on a Friday. So he only got to sleep for like two, three hours. And then he was taking care of shit the other, like, you know, four to five, incredibly hardworking guy. But like, when does he get to sleep? This is, this, this sounds like some 1% shit right there. The channel, the Bernie, like who gets the, who gets to freaking do this? Uh, next point, it will boost your immune system. I totally agree with that. When I have slept very poorly, I have gotten sicker. So that, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, while we sleep, our bodies release proteins that help fight infection studies. Well, I learned that in like fourth grade, man. Studies show that our bodies naturally release, quote, pro-inflammatory signals during sleep, allowing us the time and space to get repaired. If we're not getting enough sleep, I guess I need more sleep. Um, Allowing us the time and space to get repaired. If we're not getting enough sleep, our bodies don't have this time to strengthen our immune response. Sleep deprivation can cause us to be in a constant state of inflammation, our immune system always playing catch-up. When I was in college, that was totally the case. Sleep with shit, constantly getting sick, especially when you add stress and poor diet into it, totally gets you. Uh, even like the the one thing that really helped me was like when I was at like my uh, my freshman through senior year, of, my freshman through fr- my freshman through junior year of college, and I was like in super soldier athlete mode. Like you know, exercise helped me sleep. So that way, even though I was sleeping less hours, like nowhere than maybe six hours, when I landed on my pillow, I was out. So at least then, because I was so tired out because I was getting regular exercise on top of that, I did a lot of burst workouts, uh, and hit training. Um, you know, that, that helped, but like, I could totally see it for like your average Joe, who's not paying attention to that. It could be kind of difficult. Bottom line, we need sleep. We need, and while we sleep, neural pathways are solidified. Memories are stored from short to long term. Our bodies repair our muscles and our immune system grows stronger. Essentially, sleep is our way of, quote, turning it off and back on again. I get that reference for anyone that's ever had to do that to a computer or TV or wireless router. No matter what method you try, seven to nine hours of sleep should be the goal. Uh, nine hours might be a bit much, unless you're talking like total within a 24-hour period. I think the standard is eight, according to most doctors. Like, I get at least seven. I don't think I'd want to sleep eight. I think I'm pretty good after seven, but that might be me. So they say seven to nine, seven to nine. Try and figure it out. And they continue, if you're curious, here are four sleeping methods to test out. And uh, it, it's kind of a summary of what we were discussing earlier, where they're just doing, like, the sporadic in and out and in between and all this other stuff for the people that apparently like don't have to work and can take like a two hour lunch break to nap freaking Spanish with their siesta. 
Maybe we should try that here. I don't think we'd like to do it. Americans like to work too much. I think a study from Business Insider recently went ahead and verified what we've known for about a decade, which is Americans are more overworked and take less time off, even when given uh, relatively fair PTO than any country in the developed world, especially when you compare us to our European counterparts. We like to work. And for those that don't, you're still working anyway. So let's go ahead and give the rundown of what we've gone over. It's the Da Vinci method. It's been reported that Da Vinci slept in 20-minute increments every four hours or so to remain alert and able to work on many projects. Man, that just sounds like narcolepsy. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how, how I could not function that way. Uh, while I wouldn't recommend this long-term, and this is the author saying it, she wouldn't recommend this long-term, this is a method often used by researchers while working through longer projects. You know, I could see have myself having done that when I was working on book number two, especially since you're putting so much thought and, like, brain energy into figuring that out. Maybe, maybe for, like, a circumstantial situation that could work. I think maybe I've done that, maybe, but... Uh, I agree with her. I would not recommend that as a long thing. And I'm not a doctor. I've said a Holiday Inn before, but I'm not a doctor. Second part, the Nikola Tesla method. Tesla was said to have suffered from nightmares in childhood. Don't we all? He grew asleep for no more than two hours of night multiple times throughout a 24-hour period. Try it out by scattering four separate two-hour chunks around your day for nap time. That sounds terrifying, no matter... I mean, no wonder he married a pigeon uh, and, you know, went crazy. That would, that would drive me crazy. And then there's this caveman method. When we slept, uh, when we slept was often based on temperature before the creation of tools. We rose before dawn as the temperature warmed up from the cold night. We stayed awake until the mid-morning sun beamed a bit too much, typically taking around a two-hour nap in the middle of the day. Neuroscientist Dr. Matthew Walker says that this is likely the reason we all experience a lull in energy around the early afternoon. It may be in our bones. When we would go into our nightly sleep a couple of hours past dusk when it would began when it began to cool down again. So, you know, I I kinda I, I kinda agree with this in terms of why sleep is beneficial. I don't agree with all the methods, but then again, it's just because it doesn't work for me. Maybe some of this will work for you. I can tell you, especially as somebody that has dealt with severe insomnia, uh, there have been two things that have really drastically helped me. Maybe three things, but definitely two things. One, um, you know, I went to my doctor and I got help for it. I got the medication needed, and that really helped me get back on a regular and restful sleep uh, cycle. Um, it has been monumental leaps and bounds beneficial for my life. So if you ever feel like you're dealing with something such as chronic pain or chronic insomnia, go see your doctor. Like, um, you know, for me, I don't want to get too much into it, but I got, uh, reduced in terms of the number of medications I was taking down to just two and now it's really just one and it's, it's fantastic. And I take it when I need to at the beginning, I had to take it almost nightly for a year, but now I'm at the point where it's like, I don't need it. Uh, for either pain or for sleep. So go see your doctor. Uh, secondly, I, you know, as somebody that deals with chronic uh, pain in my neck and shoulder, I can tell you this definitely helped me. I, I did physical therapy for uh, a couple months in 2020, and the w- best recommendation I got of all was fixing my pillow. Yes, you would think of all the stretching and uh, exercises and everything that that would be probably at the bottom of the list, but literally 
I was having a problem with my pillow. I would sleep with like four to five pillows. I would sleep sitting up. I would sleep sideways with a bunch. Like I was sleeping with a lot of pillows. Now I'm down to like one pillow. And what he basically said was, listen, uh, pillow companies only come out with side sleeper pillows and non-side sleeper pillows. And not all pillows are equal. And they try and, you know, make these pillows so it's a one-size-fits-all solution most of the time. But that's not the case. So he said, you guys just try out a bunch of pillows because there are varieties by not always, you know, being the most mainstream pillows. You just got to find the one that's best for you. And the one that's best for me that's changed my life, I love it to death. I would fight someone if they tried to take it from me, um, has been my purple pillow. And purple pillow does not sponsor this show, but I can tell you that I literally asked for a purple pillow for my birthday last year. I got it. And my purple pillow is like sleeping on, on like, you know, it's, it's the best feeling on earth. It's not feathers. It's not on air. It's just the best feeling on earth. My purple pillow not only, uh, reduced the number of cramps I got in the morning when I would wake up, but I fall asleep faster. And you know, that cool side of the pillow you have to flip over to get sometimes it's always cool. It's great during the warm seasons, and it's better during the cold. In my personal opinion, I'm, I'm a cold sleeper. I kind of like it that way. The purple pillow has been the best thing for me, and everyone that has been uh, you know, lucky enough for me to show them my pillow, uh, they, they all end up getting themselves purple pillows. In fact, my entire family is ordering purple pillows as we speak, and as I move into my new apartment, I am intentionally getting the purple pillow hybrid or purple hybrid bed because I just want that all over me. So Purple Pillow does not sponsor the show. This is me just telling you what worked for me. I love Purple Pillow. Uh, just love it. It's the best thing ever. And uh, third, and, and this is kind of simple, but I put my phone on airplane mode from the moment I lay down until I wake up in the morning or then an alarm that goes off. But like I, I used to stay up and look at my phone for like hours and hours. I would even try and listen to podcasts to fall asleep and – like I still do that every once in a while to kind of get my mind focused on something. But really, like how much time do you spend on like your laptop or your tablet or your phone? It, get in the habit of turning it off because you're not going to be happy if you're just spending hours and hours. And then you get that eye irritation that sucks. I know that Jason Stapleton has a rule for like the first – I don't know if it's like 20 minutes or two hours. I, I, you got to go listen to him. But Jason Stapleton does not look at his phone in his morning. He's got an alarm. But like – he will, uh, you know, he, he has a rule about not checking your email and not checking the internet when you wake up in the morning. And he has a better morning routine than I do. But, like, uh, putting your phone away and not being tempted or distracted by it and then not immediate, immediately going for your phone, it works wonders. So those are three things for me. Got help from a doctor, got a great pillow, and I'm getting a better mattress, and, uh, you know, just putting away that phone. So... If you like this article, if you didn't like this article, hopefully you'll learn something. Hopefully you'll go ahead and assess where your sleep is helping you and maybe where it's detrimental to you. But ultimately, we got to prioritize it. Uh, I know for a lot of people, when it comes to hustle and grind culture, we're just told sleep is for losers and everything else. But honestly, if your sleep is shit, you're not helping yourself, and it's going to begin to impact you negatively overall. Um, but, you know, what do I know? I'm a guy talking to you on a podcast. Who's also done some pretty cool shit, and I can tell you each and every time, sleep has always been the better option, if capable. As always, that's about it, folks. Go check out those affiliates. Last time I'll plug it. And if uh, you value this conversation, please, it costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. A five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts on Al Gore's amazing internet. 
We'll be back next week. Be good. Be safe. Good night. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Like the Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends. 